Hello and welcome to What's New in ML. In this segment of the Infinite ML Pod, we talk about the latest developments in machine learning. Today, we'll talk about nuclear fusion, photonic chips, electronic skin, satellites, and much more. Let's dive in. NVIDIA has built a supercomputer to help nuclear fusion research. Now, we are constantly on the lookout for renewable energy sources, and um, nuclear fusion reactors could be one of those. It's very promising, and especially because today's nuclear reactors are fission-based, right, and they generate radioactive waste. The promise of fusion is that we can create large amounts of energy without generating the same waste as as nuclear fission. So NVIDIA is announcing a partnership uh, with Los Alamos National Lab and HP Enterprise uh, to build Venado, which is a, a supercomputer that can deliver up to 10 exaflops of performance. Now, why do we need such high performance? Like, what will the supercomputer do for us? Now, the goal is to have a digital twin. A digital twin is uh, an AI-generated replica of a real system. So in this case, it's a fusion reactor. And the goal is to uh, use this digital twin to simulate what's going to happen in the power station. It's going to include components. uh, It's going to help us understand the behavior of the fusion plasma at its core. And uh, honestly, at the heart of it, the goal is to understand and build different scenarios before actually doing it in the real world. One, because it's extremely expensive. Like you can't just uh, start an experiment without knowing what's going to happen. So large supercomputers like, like this one, they really help us plan, understand, uh, create a few scenarios, and then then based on what's uh, more likely to succeed, we take that path. So uh, it's it's wonderful that uh, nuclear fusion is getting so much attention. It's an amazing, amazing source of energy if it works. And uh, I'm very excited for this. All right, what's next? Uh, a photonic chip uh, is being developed that can perform image recognition at the speed of light. Now, why do we need a photonic chip? Right? Don't we already have chipsets? Now we do, but when it comes to AI systems, um, there are a number of challenges uh, given the current state of hardware. One, they're usually implemented using digital clock-based platforms such as GPUs, and uh, it's limited. It's limited in its computation speed and it's limited in what it can do. And also the second, another limitation is that we need separate units for memory and processing, meaning the same unit cannot do both because the way we have built these systems, fundamentally memory and processing are two different units. So going back and forth between um, the two components is, is expensive, right? It takes time, it takes energy, and since we have to do billions and billions of computations, it's just uh, an expensive path. So a photonic chip helps us circumvent this, right? The, the, way, the way it works is uh, when, a, when a microchip is getting trained, 
right? So let's say to recognize an image, um, the device adjusts how each neuron modifies the power of incoming light signals. So basically, as the data is passing through the microchips, layers, neurons, uh, you can read the results. So the, the, the best part here is uh, you can do it really, really fast. You don't have to shuttle back and forth between memory and processing. And because of this fundamentally different architecture, it can classify images uh, very, very quickly, right? Uh, as of now, we can see it can classify nearly 2 billion images per second. It's, it's very promising. So uh, if this comes into production, if it becomes you know, scalable and uh, people start using it, it can open up a whole new frontier. So physics to the rescue. Physics is, is amazing. It's, um, it can provide answers to some of the, uh, some of the hard questions that we face in, in, um, in artificial intelligence, especially when it comes to hardware. AI needs hardware, a lot of processing power. And uh, in this case, looks like we have an interesting new avenue to pursue. All right, what is next? University of Glasgow has developed a new electronic skin. Yes, that's exactly what it means. It means now robots can can sense their environment through touch. The engineers at uh, at the University of Glasgow they built a system to mimic how the human skin works, how sensory neurons function, and uh, and we sense our environment. This could actually open up a whole new array of possibilities because. Uh, when uh, a robot can touch and feel its environment and then make decisions, it can, one, it can save a lot of time. Two, it can open up a whole new dimension of what robots can do. And uh, in this particular case, the, the electronic skin or the e-skin, it relies on a new type of processing that uses synaptic transistors. And... Uh, and the concept of e-skin is not new, but the way the way in which this is being processed, the type of processing being used, that is different. So it's uh, it's an interesting development, and um, it's uh, it's something that can help us speed up the process of responding to touch, and uh, and also it cuts down on the amount of computation that we need. So it's a, it's a nice step forward, and uh, I am excited to see what comes out of this. It's, uh, it's very interesting. All right, what's next? Let's go to uh, healthcare. Now, machine learning system is being built to deliver MRI scans in under one minute. Right. So traditional MRIs, it's a slow process. It can take up to two hours, and you can you got to sit in there with the loud tapping noises, and uh, yeah, it's it's a bit it's a bit longer. Now, researchers at Stanford have developed a technique to reduce this time to one minute. Now, using machine learning, uh, a quantitative technique called MR fingerprinting could make a, a one minute scan a reality. Right, so when it, when we talk about brain MRI, it's actually a very critical part of the system because, uh, first of all, brain is 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 an important part of the body, and uh, 
if we can deliver MRI scans very fast, then we can make decisions very quickly. And more importantly, uh, no, we don't have to sit in there for two hours. And uh, the way MR fingerprinting works is it's a, it's a technique that allows simultaneous measurement of multiple tissue properties in a single data acquisition. And that's the key part here is, is to do it fast and then reconstruct the images so that the doctors can take a look and make decisions. And uh, this represents like a 100x speed up, right? So more than 100. It's, 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 a, it's, it's an amazing uh, engineering feat to reduce the time required to do a, a brain MRI to about one minute. So very exciting development and something that's useful too. Uh, and I love it when uh, AI is useful to society, to human beings. And uh, this is one of those use cases. All right, let's see what's happening in energy grids. Now, energy grids are aiming to use AI to, to understand how to manage it more efficiently. So utilities are using machine learning to create smart grids. The reason is that as we are progressing as a society uh, and technology is, is progressing fast, uh, the grid is getting more complicated. Right? So a modern electric grid is becoming more complex because it now has a large number of sources like low capacity sources high capacity uh, there are variable generation sources like solar and wind and now uh, many houses are equipped with solar so the power keeps flowing in and out of the house because if you have more you plug in you you send it back to the grid if you need it you pull from the grid so the energy grid it went from you know this Massive. So the, earlier, it used to be one massive source and used to distribute energy to whoever needs it. But now, today's energy grid is bidirectional. It has uh, large number of sources. It's very distributed and complicated. So to manage this, you can't uh, do it manually. Meaning, a, a human cannot sit and just keep keep changing buttons and kind of understanding what's needed where because it's it's real time it's uh it's high frequency it's complicated so this is where machine learning can play a huge huge role uh, managing this grid efficiently requires advanced ai methods and high performance computing again this is another place where nvidia's uh, hardware can come in very handy and they're building systems to specifically address energy problems. So another exciting development in which AI is being used for good, in this case, you know, energy consumption. And uh, I'm excited by what comes out of this. In fact, most of the utilities don't uh, leverage machine learning just yet. But I think this could pave a path. If using machine learning becomes easier, and more than that, if utilities uh, can drive revenue, drive profit, reduce costs. That's where the real magic happens. And also, obviously, if you're efficient, then you get to, you know, you don't have to waste energy, which is another critical thing. So uh, it's amazing to see how AI is helping create a 
a nicer, cleaner future. And um, this, uh, yeah, this is this is exciting. All right, what is next? AI is being applied to satellite imagery to detect deforestation. Now, if you look around the world, forests play a huge role. We need more trees. We need them to survive. And uh, because of different geopolitical conditions, not every forest is safe, which means that even though you want to keep it nice within your region or state or country, uh, people are going to do stuff. So now AI models are being developed to analyze satellite imagery. Now, this is an example of, uh, of an Earth observation project where satellites go around the Earth, they capture images, and we use that data to understand what's happening. In this case, we can identify deforestation in many of the forests. We can spot illegal fishing ships. We can spot uh, new trails created by off-road vehicles. Like We can predict floods. We can look at agriculture data. We can understand migration. We can understand so many things with uh, satellite data. And uh, there are companies that are trying to use this information, this data, for public good. And also, it's actually good business sense as well. If you are a, a company or a firm that's operating at a global scale, satellite data can actually provide um, a lot of information. So that's uh, that's where this data can come in really handy. And... Uh, and also, when it comes to Earth observation, the data being captured, it's becoming more and more useful. So let's say you have a constellation of satellites going around the Earth, they capture images, and uh, now there are firms that can buy this data, and it, you know, it could be a, a government, could be a, a company, could be a, a, a financial firm who needs to make decisions on what to do with it. So Earth observation is becoming a very interesting avenue to pursue, especially as uh, hardware is being built that can help us process the data on board, on board the satellite. Also, obviously, on Earth, we are building huge, huge uh, data centers to, to process data. Now, what's important is the bandwidth, meaning communication between satellite and earth that's uh that's expensive it's limited you can't just send terabytes of data every second because uh it's just not the bandwidth is not available so once once the satellite captures a lot of these images we got to figure out okay i captured 100 images and uh, usually what happens is about 80 of them are are not great which means they're noisy they're grainy and maybe there's a cloud in between so the image is kind of useless so if there is no ai on board the satellite then you just waste 80 percent of the bandwidth meaning you send 100 images 80 of them are, are useless only 20 are useful now imagine if uh, there is an ai model sitting on board a satellite that can make decisions that allow us to increase this percentage. And instead of just 20% of the images being useful, how about 40? How about 60? How about 100, right? So 
that is going to help us utilize the bandwidth available between the satellite and the Earth to get more high-quality data. And what this does is it helps us um, make decisions faster and better. And, and that's where a lot of the hardware development in AI is, is very exciting because um, if, you, if you make the hardware more efficient, uh, more efficient in terms of computation, in terms of power consumption, in terms of what they can do, uh, it's just a. It allows us to do so much more. So that's where uh, you know, AI entering the space industry has been very exciting, and uh, I'm looking forward to how it attracts new builders, uh, you know, people who want to build on top of this infrastructure, and it obviously. Uh, the kudos to SpaceX for really pioneering and, and opening up this industry. They have inspired a whole generation of builders. And, uh, and now many companies are, are spinning up that are building very interesting applications, uh, both software and hardware, for the space industry. So that's what we have going on in um, the AI and, and satellites. That's all we have for today. Thanks again for tuning in. You can visit infinitemachinelearning.com to subscribe to the podcast. I'll see you soon with another exciting episode.